You're listening to Bo and Dave's Excellent Podcast, Chicago's Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Bill and Dave Show or Facebook.com forward slash The Bill and Dave Show. Buckle up, bitches. It's about to get juicy. Episode number 92, Bill and Dave's Excellent Podcast. We are off and running here in 2021. We've got another great guest I'm super excited about. I'm a big fan of this guest. So I'm excited for you guys to tune in and listen and subscribe and all that fun stuff. So let's get right to it. I don't want to waste any time on this episode because this one's got me really excited. All right, let's go to the phones right now. We've got an amazing guest, and I'm so, so stoked about this one because... uh, uh, I'm a huge fan and, and I, I can't say enough about this guy. He's, he's, he's very talented and you can see him on true TVs, the Carbonaro effect, ladies and gentlemen, Michael Carbonaro, welcome to the show. Wow. Hey, oh my gosh. Standing ovation. Yes. <laughs> hey man. Good to be here. Dude. Uh, good, uh, good to be in your studio. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is kind of cool that, that, that we can do this, the technology, right? So it's pretty awesome. This, your, your, your studio in our minds. That's right. That's right. Hey, um, first of all, I want to say, uh, congratulations. I want to talk about, uh, this new special you have going out. It's called Carbonaro's uh, live from space. And it's an interactive live stream magic show that's family friendly, which is awesome. And you just added two dates that I saw, March 5th and 6th, because the previous two uh, sold out, right? Yes, I know. These are computer shows. You know, you watch them through Zoom. It's a Zoom show. You buy a ticket and your whole family can watch. It's just like one family ticket. Uh, and yeah, they sold out uh, quickly. So we added a whole, we actually added two more to that. So there's the March 12th and 13th also. Holy cow. That's that's awesome. You know, and I, I think uh, everybody knows that, you know, with, with the pandemic and everything that, that, you know, you can't go anywhere. People are social distancing. And everybody, the first thing that comes to mind are like concerts and, and you know, mo- maybe movie theaters, um, comedy shows. And, and I think, you know, you don't hear a lot of people talk about uh, acts like yours. Like it's, it's not easy for... Um, somebody that doesn't act like a magician or even live theater to go out and make a living these days. So it's kind of cool that, you know, this technology, although it's not necessarily new, that it's definitely more welcomed and you can kind of do stuff. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. I, um, right in the, yeah, I need to perform. It was like amazing how I felt, you know, I was out on tour before the whole world shut down, literally had landed to do some gigs and, you know, it'd been months since I was performing live and I like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I need this in my soul. So I found a outlet through the computer to be able to do it. And like you said, you know, you think about concerts and movies and shows that you get to watch magic is really cool. Interactive through the computer on a platform like zoom, because 
you're, I'm really talking to the real audience that's there. And I pull them up and ask them questions and have them involved in the tricks and things they say will affect the outcome. So it's a real in-the-moment event, just like a live show. And it's, it's amazing how incredible it actually works. Yeah, and I think I think short term, you know, obviously it, it's really crappy for people that that make a living performing for people. But I think in the long term, this maybe opened up another avenue that that people can explore when you're in between tours, or um, you, you know, I think it's it's something different, another way for you guys to connect with fans. It's awesome. Definitely, I I kind of like teeter in the balance. I'm Gen X, so I'm sort of like a little anti, you know, internet and phone. Like at heart, I used to have a pager and an answering machine. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, but I mean, the world's always been afraid of technology. Even like our earliest movies, you know, like Terminator. Everything comes from like this fear of machines taking over. Brazil, sure. like any of those movies. But like, I, I um I love it and hate it, and I think it it the, the pandemic really has shown me how important it really is like the, the communication platforms this way really do help but like anything else in life it's a balance you've got to be i've got to watch myself to make sure i am not just sucked into my phone or my screen or my digital illusion world for sure you know all day long and you really have to watch that you know in a way that i didn't grow up needing to watch you know i have to remind myself oh hey real life <laughs> right no no kidding um, you know, it's funny you say you're Gen X because I think we're we're actually pretty close in age, uh, if 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 what I see on the internet is accurate. But um, what what I think is uh, what I always find interesting is in your field. Like, do you remember being young? Like, what was the first thing that that intrigued you about magic? Do you was there like one thing? Copperfield. That, Copperfield. Yes. Yeah. Copperfield for sure. I mean, as far as illusions, like you know, stage magic and all that. My, my real way into the whole, you know, I think all of theater is a kind of magic. You know, acting is magic. Movie making. My my first love was really the magic in movies, like special effects. Oh, cool. I wanted to be a special effects artist. So. Yeah, that was I. Re I watched, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, Freddy Krueger and David Copperfield were probably my two heroes growing up. <laughs> so, um, I loved the effects in the movies, and I, you know, used to experiment with that. And that kind of, you know, it, it's it's a kind of magic. Tom Savini's makeup book really taught me like these secret techniques where you're like hiding things in your sleeve and making like blood spurting. That's the audience doesn't know where it's coming from, and it's it's all a type of illusion. And I, I gravitated toward the world of like Copperfield and more traditional magic tricks because I found I really like to to you know relate to people and have a moment with real people and a magician gives you that ability whereas you know special effects is sort of like you're behind the scenes you're not really engaging with people I, I found my love of being a performer through being a magician. It it's cool. Like I remember, yeah, the Copperfield when we were kids, they used to have like a special every every once in a while. I Maybe mean, it was once a year, twice a year. I don't I don't remember. Where he makes like once a, a year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was such a beautiful flow of, you know, he would he would tour for a year out live and then he would put it on TV as a special. So he got like a what a way to do that, you know, to really go out there and audience test the material and just get it as perfect and amazing as possible. You've been through all the scenarios of a way a routine can go. You know, there's nothing like flight time of brand new routines. So he would fly that whole show out for a year and then he'd put it on tape and no one has ever paralleled 
Copperfield's magic on TV. It's just so good. Oh yeah, even the interactive stuff at, at that time. You know, we're talking like the eighties, nineties. It's like, right, right, right. You know, he would he would pick the card that you selected at home and stuff. Stuff like that was just yeah. kind of mind blowing. Did you ever like fast forward? Did you ever get to meet him? Oh yeah, he's he's super cool and really supportive. He loved you know he like you know one time I had heard he's like Copperfield really likes your show and I'm like what you know and then uh, he called me. I was like what my phone rings. You know, one of my member, my manager, like tipped me off. Like Copperfield's gonna call you. Just be ready. I'm like, what? So he called and he was like doing this award. He ended up presenting me with this award. I didn't mean to drop name, drop my award, but he he was doing a Copperfield prize, oh, cool. which he had never done anything like that before to to um to give to somebody who has advanced the art of magic. And he thought the Carbonaro effect, you know, my show that we were doing something brand new and cool that was advancing the art. And that was probably the highest honor ever. I mean, it was amazing. Copperfield called me. That's crazy. crazy. You almost don't believe it. You're like, what? No, that can't be right. I know. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so, and, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, no you go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I was just going to say that, um, a, a guy like Copperfield calls you and it, it's got to just be surreal. It's, it really does. It's so surreal. Yeah, I was, you know, I, I, I've met a, a bunch of famous people in my day as a, as an actor and even being on sets as an extra when I was in New York as like a teenager. And I never really got starstruck by, any, like I met Harrison Ford and I was like, cool. About, I'm like, hey, I'm pretty cool about this. But when I met Copperfield, I was like a flubbering idiot. <laughs> and I was like, that's adorable. Yeah. I, I think that's great. It's like, just, you know, your hero. You can't. It is. It just does something to you. And and I don't know that you can. I, I don't know how if it's easy for you to to kind of uh, reconcile. But in a way, you're a new generation's Copperfield. You know, you don't see Copperfield on TV very much. But boy, you turn on True TV and there's the Carbonaro effect and the things that you're doing. You know, you're probably inspiring a new generation of people to that, that get into illusions and magic. That blows my mind. I, yeah, I love that. And I, it, it almost hasn't even completely tuned in. Every now and then I'll get a letter or something from a mom or even a kid that's like, he watches you all the time or I watch you all the time and I got into magic because of you. And exactly like what you said, I'm like, oh my God, this was me writing to Copperfield like when I was a kid. So that's beautiful. And I hope, you know, I, 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 what I love about Copperfield is he has a real theatrical showmanship to his magic and that, you know, magic's taken a lot of different directions and particularly with the medium of close up and things being on online all the time. Like you kind of lose that full evening stage show. That's like a theater show where you really need to be the master of ceremonies, a host, a real theatrical entertainer. And that's what Copperfield was to me. And I, I think I developed myself in that way. You know, I everything I do is an experiment. I never knew like people watch the Carbonaro Effect. It's a prank show on on TV, you know, a hidden camera magic show. Yeah. Then I go out and tour live, and I'm like, are they gonna like watch me live? Like, are they gonna be like, what is he gonna do live? We know he's a magician. It's gonna be weird. So that first tour was really an experiment. I'm like, who knows if this audience is gonna jump on board with Michael the the magician, like Michael the host, the MC of a theater show. And I was so excited. They loved it. They ate it up and it was right on brand and, and we had so much fun and they, they just joined that train. And the same thing for this, you know, this interactive Zoom show with Live From Space, I, it's an experiment. It's going to be crazy, fun, wild. And I think that that's what I, I think people like to watch you experiment. 
I don't think I've ever known if anything's going to work. I didn't know if any of the Carbonaro effect pranks were going to work. I didn't know if that show would work. I didn't know if the tour would work. I don't know if this is going to work, <laughs> but I just got to get out there and like experiment. And I think people gravitate toward that. Yeah. It's, you know, and, and there's, it's something special about, about your show and your, your talent set in particular that, that, that makes me a big fan. It's, it's not so much the, the tricks or even on the show, the pranks, but it's your presentation and and it's hard there's pro- i've seen you know uh america's got talent and there might be an act that, like an illusionist or 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 somebody that does card tricks or sleight of hand type stuff um but the, the they're lacking the presentation often you know and right, to right. Pu- to put those two yeah, things it's together a real performance art it's one of those things it, it definitely is a it's a it's a theatrical art you know you could be really technically skilled at magic but, you know, you know, you could be a technically skilled painter, but I don't know if you're going to host a show about painting. You know, yeah, it does need that theatricality. So do you remember um, when you were getting into when I remember I was always, you know, what young boy really isn't into magic? You know, there's probably not that many, you know, they're, they're you're going to be intrigued. And I remember like, this is so cool. I want to learn about it. And I went to the local magic shop here. There's one at uh, Navy Pier that I remember going to in, in Chicago. Oh, yeah. And uh, I bought my first trick and I was kind of like, A, there's a lot of practice. I was a little bit... Um, I, I kind of like, I don't want to learn this. I like the allure. I like the, the mystery behind it. Uh, I, I would imagine doing live performances. There's just like a, at a comedy show, there's hecklers. There's somebody probably trying to figure out how you're doing, what you're doing. And, 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 and how do you respond to that? You just right. ignore it. It's funny. I felt the same kind of similar disenchantment myself when I first got a magic kit and I started to see how the tricks work. And I'm like, that's it. Like you're, you're expecting to like open this kit and it's going to have like, you know, here is your invisibility juice and right. here is your magic powder to put in your pocket that'll make things disappear. And then you're like, wait a minute, there's just a hole in the back of this box or there's like a rubber band attached to this scarf. Like what's going on here? And it feels really lame. <laughs> but you know, so there is like kind of being like bit bitten by a vampire. Like once you're in the world and initiated, it it is you almost have to get a fix out of getting getting real people to re-experience that as actual magic, and then they don't know about your rubber band and they don't know about the hole in the back of the thing. You know, so like, and when they start to see it as magic, you get that kickback again. But I think you know it ties back the idea of heckling or like trying to figure the tricks out. Some people, I find, some people really like to scientifically work magic out. Other people like to take the ride and be in, you know, they don't want to know. They just want to be, they want to believe, you know, not necessarily that it's real magic, but they don't want to know. They like the mystery. And I'm like that. I really like to, with all the things I know about with special effects and magic, when I can be fooled by something, boy, I love it because it gives me that feeling again. (laughs) Uh, But I, I think it ties back to what you were saying about the presentation and the theatricality. It. The, you know, the more something is just sort of a deconstructed trick, like, oh, look what's happening and you don't know how it's done, you're kind of like, your brain's like, well, I just want to know how it's done. But if you're engaged in a show that's fun and you're laughing and you're amazed and you're surprised and you're excited, you're on a whole ride. And you don't sit there, I think, you don't sit, I think it kind of like disconnects that scientific puzzle-solving brain a little bit in a way that you're like, wow, I'm just experiencing the joy of this whole presentation. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And one of my favorites that you've done, uh, there's one, I, I know you did it on, on, on the show, uh, one of the morning shows here, uh, uh, the televised morning shows, Windy City Live, you, you came on. And, and I think I, I maybe, maybe you've done it on Rachel Ray. I might be getting the two confused, but you did a trick where uh, you had uh, your grandmother's ashes. And, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the whole, the, the whole presentation on that, you know, it wasn't just the trick. I mean, the trick was cool, but to me, the presentation literally made me laugh out loud. <laughs> you know, oh, you're the best. <laughs> oh, man, I love hearing that. You know, those, I love hearing that because that trick, the grandma's ashes trick, and I know people are like, what is he doing? I actually do a trick with my grandmother's ashes, and it's like totally wrong and yet oh so right and very funny and very, you know, tongue-in-cheek. Um, but... And that one slays when I do live touring. But gosh, sometimes on a TV audience, like the Rachel Ray show, I remember that just being really a bizarre experience. You're like somewhere in the middle of, there's a live crowd there, but they're sort of off to the side and you're performing for the camera, but you're also performing for Rachel Ray. So it's a very different spectrum of energies being shot out. So I'm so happy to hear you laughed at that because that's one of my favorite routines. I think it's so funny. It, it is. It's just so the whole I, I think I found the material funnier than the than the than the trick. It was just uh, great. It was good. Engaged. Exactly. Was... No, I love I love that. You made my morning of my day. That's so, so good to hear. Yeah. I mean it's all an experiment. So, but sure. Oh that's so cool. So so well, it's funny because you're in Chicago. So like I shot Tons of the show there. Tons of Carbonaro effect out of Chicago. Yeah, yeah. And, I was going to say, you're yeah. no stranger to the town here. So um, I, I was just curious, what's, what was it like shooting in Chicago as opposed to other places? Was there anything that stuck out in your mind? Well, uh, they were tougher and uh, I had to work quicker. You know, it was there. I don't know whether the world was also again developing their shorter attention spans i think every second that clicks by our attention spans are getting eaten up a little bit but um i was in georgia before that i had shot some tonight show i was doing uh hidden camera magic on the tonight show which led to the carbonaro effect and the first hidden camera i did on carbonaro effect was um in georgia sorry so tonight show was in la so and it was like in a, a convenience store. So that kind of had a certain vibe. Georgia, everybody's very kind. And sometimes I found I had to, there's sort of like a Southern hospitality situation going on where they're a lot more chill, relaxed, and also very kind. They might not want to say, hey, something weird's going on here. You know, yeah, I'd have to kind of probe them to, to say something. Uh, where Chicago, I, I remember when we moved after two years, it was just like, whoa, the first day I was like, we got to get these things moving quickly and people are not going to, you know, they're like online and they're like, I got to get out of the store. I'm busy. I got stuff to do. I got to move. I got to go. You know? And it was a lot, it, we certainly had a lot more um, F-bombs, a lot more like bleeping out curses in my family-friendly show when we were in Chicago. Uh but what a town! What a what a city! It it, it was gorgeous. It, it, to, to like they they had everything from the beach. We shot like on the beach, you know, by the by the water, and we we shot at uh, on the river. You know, here we were on a boat on the river, and I had no idea that summer was so amazing. It's like a secret that summer is so beautiful in Chicago. Oh yeah, because everybody always thinks about the cold winter. Ooh, windy Chicago, cold, cold. But whoa, we were there shooting the summer, and I was like, "You secret! You guys have been hiding how amazing this place is. I want to move here." Yeah, it's well, it's in twenty three below zero now. So just so you know, like, right, make, it, make sure right, it's seasonal when you come. <laughs> right, I'm happy not to be there now. I guess, but I, I don't know. I'm from Long Island originally, so I like the oh, bit of snow. You got it. Yeah, yeah. When you were yeah, here yeah, filming, yeah. you did you did one. I remember uh, the White Sox game where you had uh, you were working a hot dog stand and. I I almost felt for you. I'm like, that's that is out of all the crowds, 
the White Sox fans, you know, similar if you're talking like the East Coast, it'd be like a like a like a Mets fan or a Boston Red Sox fan. Oh my God, the White Sox fans are rough, and I'm like, this could go south. You, got- it was maybe one of the hardest shoots we ever did, uh, for sure. Just crowd control. I mean, they were everywhere, and we it's like blocking cameras, and we're trying to hide the cameras, and people are just standing and moving and shuffling about, and they just want to come and get a hot dog and go back to the game, and I'm trying to like. Hey, stop for this little, you know, moment of magic. Um, You know, they're like, just give me the hot dog. I got to go. And I'm like, all right, fine. Take the hot dog. We got good bits. We got good bits. But I was sweating that day. Oh, my God. Like, I had to keep walking off and just sort of like breathing in the corner and like staring at a wall and being like clicking my heels together. Like, you could do this. You could do this. Come on, go back. Get it. You just got to wait for the right person. It's going to happen. Yeah, it was nutty. (laughs) But it looked fabulous on TV. It was like we're in the middle of an actual game with all these people going by and the life. It was it was really, really cool. Oh, it's it's great. I'm going to share that video with this episode because I I just love that. And uh, it's uh, for anybody here that's been to to the White uh, White Sox game. You can you can sympathize with Michael on this one. It's not an easy one to pull off. Um, Totally. Totally not. So, so you and yeah, and I had it be in deep disguise there too because I had been, you know, I had already done like three seasons. So yeah. I so and usually when we're in places that are public, you know, versus like sort of like setting up an office or something where someone thinks they're coming into work for the day, we have a little bit more control. You know, if they recognize me, they recognize me, we move on. But if you're, you know, at a White Sox game or at, you know, an ice cream shop and someone goes, "Aren't you Michael Carbonaro?" Then like everybody turns around and. Uh. You know, then you're ruined. But um, so the White Sox was scary. Like I would see people, you know, I I could see it like in the background. I'd see them like talking to each other and pointing. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm getting spotted. I'm getting spotted. I got to get out of here. And I'm like getting paranoid. And it brought back all of these like high school memories of like sporting events where I was terrified that I was going to be caught and discovered (laughs) as as like a non-athletic gay kid or something like i'm like i I was i was having a day that day let me tell you and yeah that that is a rough crowd and you had you had breezed over this a second ago and i and i and i found that interesting because one of the questions i wanted to ask you before we get back to the interactive show was uh how the tonight show kind of was the beginning of the carbonaro effect how how did that kind of whole thing come together yeah, you know, I was really excited by it. I there were a lot, you know, I there have been tons of magicians before me who have done the shtick of hiding a camera and trying to make magic look like a real thing in the real world. Um, so I want to give credit where credit is due. You know, uh, John Archer did a series called Undercover Magic in the UK. Uh, there was a show called Totally Hidden Extreme Magic uh, on NBC uh, back in the nineties. And even Candid Camera, which I was a huge fan of, of, of as a kid, was really the seed of what the Carbonaro effect is. You know, it's they would do things on Candid Camera where a woman would pull into a gas station, literally pull her car into the gas station and pop the hood and the car has no motor. <laughs> and, and you've got these real mechanics all around the car like, how did you drive here? And the lady's like, I don't know. And, and then they would show you on the show how they did it, where they really just kind of pushed her down a hill and the, and the car just sort of rolled into that shop. So they would kind of give away the secret. But that really was the seed of the thing. What happens when a really bizarre, magical, unexplained thing happens in real life? And you have cameras hidden and watch people react to it and play with them. So the Tonight Show was like they wanted to do a a segment with hidden camera magic. So I had seen other magicians do this. I had been a big, huge fan of Candid Camera. And I 
came up with material that I think could be relevant for today's day in, in a convenience store. The first gag I came up with was taking a, a dollar bill that someone handed me and taking a special spray as if I was going to see if the bill was counterfeit or not and spray the bill. And when I wipe the bill, the ink starts to come off of the bill and you see that underneath the one, that bill is really a hundred dollar bill, <laughs> which is like, what? Right. And I very, very like, you know, deadpan. I'm like, oh yeah, counterfeiters have been trying to hide hundreds out in, out in circulation as ones, <laughs> which makes no sense. Right. But the person is just so excited that their dollar is really a hundred that they're like, okay, thank you. And they just leave like with a hundred. <laughs> so it was really funny. So like it added this element of which I, I don't, you know, Kenny camera was more of the funny, that funny genre. You're really enjoying the joy of people, uh, you know, kind of wrestling with that mystery. I'm not so sure the other magic shows did that. They were a little bit more like it's very mysterious and magical and we're going to freak people out. And we've done our share of freaking people out on carbon arrow effect. No, no doubt. Oh, but yeah. there was something about the, the humor that I like found my voice as a as an improv artist and a comedian. You know, I'd done stand up comedy. I loved acting comedy on TV and stage plays and everything. I went to NYU for drama. So it just sort of was like this perfect storm of being able to be a magician, being able to be an actor, because I'd act like I was really a real person in real life, and to be a comedian where I was kind of secretly like on board with the home audience watching me who knew that I was full of it and messing with this person. <laughs> and it was just a beautiful energy. And I immediately was like, okay, I want to be the Ashton Kutcher of magic. That's I want to make a whole series out of this. And that's exactly what happened. It's, it's awesome. And now how I, I would have you been out uh, five seasons, four five, five seasons. Yeah. yeah. And you know, this last season we did, we were like, we were, we weren't sure if we're going to do more. And I was like, this might be the end. So my, my, and we never, I never announced it. And it's still sort of like up in the air, but like when the pandemic hit, and obviously we're not doing hidden camera with people's faces covered with masks and being in public is really hard. Yeah. So I just started developing other TV projects. So I have some other stuff that I'm out there pitching and sort of uh, hybrid versions of some of the work I was doing on Carbonaro Effect with some of my live stage stuff. And then again, this live from space show. So I, I ended the last uh, season of the Carbonaro Effect turning to a child and not turning back. Just in case I never did any more of that show. I'm like, what a, be what a beautiful ending that would be to yeah. just turn to a kid, you know? So there's been talk like, oh, maybe we'll try some more episodes when the world clears up. We'll try some in L.A. or whatever. And I, I leave my options open, but I'm just working on anything I can now because I got to work. I got to, like, make creative stuff. So hence, here's me in my garage making a live broadcast for the Internet. And I'm like, hey, bring your families and come have some fun watching this. That's I think it's going to be a hit. I think people are going to really like it. Yeah, I think I, I'm excited for it. It's called Carbonaro Live from Space. You can get your tickets at michaelcarbonaro.com. We'll make sure we share the links uh, through social media. Sure. put it on the site and all and that. And it's cheap. It's cheap. You know, like there's different ticket tiers with like a photo op and stuff. But like really, like if you have a whole family of people, doesn't matter how many people are in your house, like 25 bucks, boom, get you a ticket to watch the stream with everyone. It's not per person. It's well, per ticket. So it's really affordable. And, and you know, I just want everyone you to be able to play. You don't have to drive anywhere. You don't have to find parking. You just turn on your nope. computer and you're there. And I'm, the one who has to, I'm the one who has to go to space, right? Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out how to blast <laughs> off to space in order to do this. I promise people I'm going to be in outer space. And i like, oh, my gosh, I forget. They believe anything I say. I better be in outer space. Yeah. Well, that you know, it's... Uh, you got to watch. You got to get a ticket. We'll get 
We'll get there, even if only in our minds. That's awesome. That's awesome, Michael. I can't. I cannot thank you enough for taking time out of your Sunday. And uh, it's uh, you can follow Michael on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Carbonaro. Go to michaelcarbonaro.com. Get your tickets to Live from Space, and it's going to be awesome. And like I said, the two dates sold out. So get tickets because uh, you got you 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 opened up another two and another two beyond that. But they're going to sell quick. So uh, make sure you go there and, and get them. I better see you there. I I'm I will be there. I will be there. Hundred percent. I was I was talking to the listeners. Yeah. I better see you there. Yeah. Yes, I'm watching you. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, this has been so fun. Thanks, man. No, no thank you, uh, Michael. Thank you so much, and best of luck. And we'll keep an eye out for you. And uh, and yeah, thank you. I can't thank you enough. It's been an honor. Yeah, gosh, that was fun. Thanks, man. <laughs> All right, bye. <laughs> bye. All right, there you go, guys. Michael Carbonaro, super cool guy. Make sure you get tickets to see Carbonaro live from space. It's interactive. It's fun for the whole family. And how much easier is that? You don't have to leave. You don't have to go to the restaurant, take the family out. You don't have to do anything like that. You just go to michaelcarbonaro.com. You get your tickets. On the day of the show, you click the link, and boom, you're interactive. Follow him on Instagram and Twitter, at Carbonaro. And as always, thank you guys so much for listening, subscribing. Tell your friends. Make sure you give us a rating one star if you feel that's what we deserve. If you want to be really nice, five stars is always awesome, or ten stars, whatever your podcast app goes to. We appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. Please be sure to subscribe and rate us. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Bull and Dave Show or Facebook.com forward slash The Bull and Dave Show.